and welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha Baca, communication professor at Glendale Community College. I'm Beth Ayers, composition and literature professor at GCC. And we both hold faculty developer roles on our campus as well. And today we are going to talk about civility. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited to talk about civility. I think this is definitely an important topic to talk about on so many levels. I think personal level, professional level, academic level. And we're talking about this because we are definitely living in a world where more and more people are not practicing civility towards one another. And uh, I think it's something that we definitely need to talk about. Beth, what do you think about that? Why do you think we need to talk about this? Well, I, it's, it's, I, I think everybody realizes that conversations about civility are happening on college campuses nationwide because, um, well, one of the big reasons is because of all the controversial speakers that have uh, made big news that have shown up on college campuses only to have been met with uncivil behavior. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, it, it seems natural for us to have a conversation a little bit about this. And, and plus, we're in classrooms with, uh, you know, young intellectual minds. And um, maybe there are things that we need to say to our students or demonstrate to our students or encourage them to think about when it comes to uh, civility. So what does the research say? So what the research says, you know, of course, when we usually get into the section, I love definitions. I think they're great. So I found this one definition. The source is unknown. I'm not really sure where the source came from. But I found this definition of civility. And the definition that I got was it's the state of cultural refinement associated with good citizenship. That's so interesting. Can I add a little bit to yes, that? Yes, please. Yes. I and and this does jump into a piece of research that I found about civility, uh, and that is an article titled "Civility in the University Classroom: An Opportunity for Faculty to Set Expectations," and it's from it's from 2014, but it brought up something about civility, and it mm. mentioned students coming into class late as being uncivil. Ooh. And I wanted to just throw that into this definition that you said is a state of cultural refinement associated with good citizenship. Yes. Um, and to maybe mention that the definition could be really, really wide because I, I don't think I would have thought of coming in late as as being uncivil. Maybe unless it's every single class period. Right. On a regular basis. Right. You know, and maybe other behaviors accompanying it. But anyway. Well, no, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because in doing research for this, I saw a TED Talk. Um, it was a TEDx talk from Whitefish, I believe, that happened mm -hmm. from a woman by the name of Diana Dameron. And the title of her talk was The Force of Civility. And she actually talked about being late Hmm. how that's one of the things that she struggled with hmm. and how there was one moment when she was late to a party and her husband was driving and she was really apologetic because this is not the first time that she's been late. And the husband was silent and didn't say anything when she was trying to apologize. And he, he made a comment about her being late 
And it was one of those things that he made the comment about how it came across as if other people's time was not important mm-hmm. and how her time was more important to her than it was to other people. Hmm. And he considered it disrespectful. The other guests considered it disrespectful, but she made the point that that act of disrespect yeah. was in fact uncivil. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up in that article because it was definitely referenced in that talk. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. I think when I think of, um, what civility means it's more I I think I go directly more toward um how we treat people and what we say to people and and maybe more kind of overt behaviors and speech right that's what I think of right that's that's what I think of too absolutely Yeah. yeah but not necessarily acts of disrespect like being late yeah so especially when we but I get that yeah I definitely get that I get that and but what's mm-hmm. interesting is that um, Diana Dameron, the one I just mentioned in that TED Talk, she mm-hmm. gave her own definition of civility. And she actually described it as the consistent implementation of respect. Hmm. And I really love the use of the word consistent, right? Mm-hmm. It's a consistent sign of respect. So she's just focusing on like respect and disrespect. So mm-hmm. that could be verbal, right? Sure. Like, I don't like you get out of my face mm-hmm. or it could be nonverbal, like being late. Okay. So I feel that she provides like a broader definition yes. of it. So that's one definition. And then another definition I came across was actually from another Ted talk. It was a TEDx talk through Napa Valley. Uh, it was titled civility by Shelby Scarborough. And her definition was noticing the needs of others without needing to be noticed, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. So I think there's several different definitions that are pretty broad, but it seems like all of the definition, all of the definitions, come back to one of the most important things, which is respect. Yeah, and and I like that we're trying to work in a broad definition, and I especially like, and what I hear that's common in all of them is thinking about other people yes that's what i hear in all of them yes being considerate of other people being mindful of other people being respectful yeah Yeah. right and this is not a new idea no i mean we it is not something that's brand new we're talking about be respectful be kind uh this actually really goes way way back so in doing some research uh it took me all the way back to george washington the Mm -hmm. very first president of the united states and um, what has been addressed as George Washington's rules of civility, because George Washington actually copied on paper uh, what was called the rules of civility and decent behavior in company and conversation. And they were actually 110 rules. They're 16th century rules intended for young men like George Washington. Uh, and they were part of teaching materials from um, teachers to help them to build character. So George Washington wrote these down. There are 110, 110 of them. And George Washington wrote these down, and now they are addressed as George Washington's rules of civility. So there are 110. We don't have the time for me to list 110. We can't go over those? (laughs) No, but if you really, really, really want to look at it, uh, in our show notes, you'll definitely see the article that I I found it through, which was through NPR. Um, It was called George Washington's Rules of Civility. It was posted May 11, 2003. And what struck me, I, I, I'm a nerd and I, I went through all the rules. 
all the rules because I'm a nerd, so I had to read them. Some of them are really weird and strange for our time. Okay. But the most important ones I thought were the first two. So the first one was every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. That was number one. Number two, when in company, put not your hands to any part of the body not usually discovered was another one. So I, I know that's giving me the side eye. <laughs> here's, here's why I'm doing that, though. And I have to say this. And I'm going to look up these 110 rules because I find it very interesting because I just finished reading the book Never Caught, The Washington's Relentless Pursuit of the Runaway Slave Own a Judge. So I learned some things about George Washington um, that that changed some of my conceptions of him that I've had since grade school based on his treatment of some of his slaves. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting Mm. that that he's got rules of civility and decent behavior Mm -hmm. because um, I didn't exactly encounter that in the in the book that I just read. Hmm. And we I, could save that for another episode. And maybe one of our listeners oh. is a is a history professor, and and they could maybe comment on that a little bit. But it's it's a really I, I recommend the book. But then that, you you saying that Beth makes me think of like another thought. Like we talk about rules of civility, and we and we think we we talk about rules of respect Mm -hmm. but then we think about well who has the right to have that respect yes does that make sense oh yeah So we talk about being civil and maybe it's like okay well we'll be civil to people who look similar to us sure i you know what i mean like there are certain groups who can get that respect and then there are other groups where it seems like it's free range to be like well i don't consider you to i'm not going to respect you because sometimes there are instances where if you're viewed not as a person or if you're viewed as the other or if you're viewed as property like yes. slaves were back in that time, mm-hmm. you weren't considered a, a human being. Right. So if you're considered property, then the rules of respect more than likely do not apply to you. They did not apply. No. And that's unfortunate and sad. But yeah. when you mention that, that's the thought that came to mind for yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you included that. I really am going to look those up. I know. I need to look up your book. Because I'm dying to go get it. I'm just dying to find the um, some more irony. Mm. Well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, poor George Washington. Oh, okay. George Washington. Mm. All right. So uh, that that sounds like another podcast. Maybe. So um, so the next piece. Uh, other things that we're going to add to this. Let's see. When it comes to. So now I'm a little you, bit You off. want to talk about the communication perspective? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the communication perspective okay. because my approach to this is from a communication prof- professor's perspective. Communication is all about our interactions with each other. So, of course, we, we focus on respect. And incivility is an issue, especially in communication. Uh, and in our minds, in my communication field, incivility, as far as being disrespectful or rude to people can come across as what we consider unethical communication. And unethical communication is communication that we might deem as wrong, right? If it threatens people, if it's hate speech, if it's defamation, Mm -hmm. then that is absolutely yes. It is completely unacceptable. It's definitely incivil. We consider it 
in my field to be unethical communication uh, to the point to where my association that I'm a member of called the National Communication Association has actually penned a credo of ethical communication that I believe was drafted in 1999. And it just takes a stand against that type of behavior. Um, not saying that, like, for example, that the, the association doesn't stand against free speech. Mm-hmm. Free speech is very important. Freedom of speech is is absolutely something that's valued, right? But there is a certain point where we can't necessarily support things like hate speech and defamation. Does that person have the right to say that? Yes, they do, right? You You can stand on the street corner and say terrible, terrible things about people. That is your right. But there are consequences for that. And everyone doesn't necessarily need to condone that behavior. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to me in the classroom, I'm always encouraging students to speak, but be mindful and to not cross those lines. Because yes. when you cross that line, then it is unethical communication. And mm-hmm. what we stand for in communication is ethical communication where we want that constructive interactive behavior, right? I'm going to jump in and ask you a question here, Tanisha. Yes. I like that idea of ethical communication. And do you have something in your syllabus that talks about how students should interact with each other? And do you link it to this ethical communication guideline? Um, In my syllabus, I have a section that talks about how the type of classroom environment that Mm -hmm. we want positive, constructive, and safe. I think that's the most important thing is that it needs to feel safe. Okay. Uh, But I don't have a link to the credo of ethical communication, uh, but ethics, it's definitely mentioned in the textbooks. Right. And uh, there have been some instances where I've even passed out the credo. I don't pass it out every semester. But in, I think, every textbook, ethics is mentioned in, like, I think nearly every communication class, whether it's small group communication, interpersonal communication, even public speaking. Right. So ethical communication is a really big deal for I, us. I, I like that. And teaching online, I always include some sort of statement about how to interact with each other and, and, and they're mostly doing it in writing, right? In, a, right, in a discussion board or something like that. Uh, but I like the idea of bringing ethics into it because that makes them think about their choices a little bit more than, say, like a do and don't list, right? which doesn't leave room for thinking about it. Right. Um, so I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're interested in the credo, it's going to be linked in our show notes we'll put, the, we'll put it in the show yeah, notes. yeah absolutely if you're interested in it uh, i love the statements yeah. that are here on this credo i'm gonna read some of them the very very first one is we advocate truthfulness accuracy honesty and reason as essential to the integrity of communication mm-hmm. um, another one is we endorse freedom of expression diversity of perspective and tolerance of dissent to achieve the informed and responsible decision-making fundamental to a civil society. And then another one, and I'm not going to read every one. This will probably be the last one that I'll read, is, uh, which is one of my favorites, is that we condemn communication that degrades individuals and humanity through distortion, intimidation, coercion, and violence, and through the expression of intolerance and hatred. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. I like that. Yeah. I like how the second and the third work together. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So being tolerant, but then the 
being tolerant of different perspectives, but then the third one, laying out some boundaries, though. Absolutely. Right? Yes. If it's demeaning, right. if the speech is or, or behavior is demeaning, then that's not it's ethical. It's not ethical. It's not right? ethical. It's not considered right. Because right. when we consider ethics, there are three questions we have to ask. Is it right? Is it fair? Is it deceptive? We're mm. always asking those questions when it's connected to ethics. So this. if it's not right, if it's not fair, and especially if it's deceptive, then we don't have to stand for that. Yeah. I love it. Are we moving on then to what we say? Sure. What do we say? What do you say, Beth? Well, um, as you and I were talking earlier, I did talk about feeling a little bit uh, torn slightly Mm -hmm. um, just because of uh, provocateurs we've heard about in the news that seem to want to... um, cause other people to maybe engage in uncivil behavior um, just by inflammatory speech and um, saying and professing abhorrent ideas. And so I guess that line between something so completely abhorrent and yet wanting to allow everybody free speech that's that's a really tough line right and um you know for me personally i've heard um i you know i i've heard speech that i would consider to be uncivil um in places you wouldn't expect it like i'm just gonna say it like in churches yes um and i know that uh, words can cause psychic damage. They can cause spiritual damage. Um, so, you know, I think it's re- especially important when people are young and they can't remove themselves from, from settings, right? As adults, we could walk away from that kind of speech or uh, speak back and say something in opposition to something that we don't like and hopefully in a civil way. Right. Um but I think uh, it, it, it's a complicated issue. And and I have not resolved all of my feelings. And I think that's very honest. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's just an honest way to feel about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like having this love of speech, but not the love of what it brings out mm-hmm. in people, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. where it comes out, places like churches or classrooms or... sure our own homes or just randomly going to McDonald's and overhearing conversations that people have and just a lack of courtesy of who is around is like, I can, I am honestly, I am shocked and floored by some of just the outright uncivil behavior that I've been seeing Mm -hmm. from people lately. Like, and it's, and you would think that you're dealing with children who don't know better, but I'm seeing grown people like, who should know better not to say and do these things, and yet they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And and it's really frustrating because growing up, you know, I was taught you don't talk to people that way. You need to be respectful of mm-hmm. others, right? Treat people how you want to be treated. That's like the most basic rule right? that I learned when the I golden was rule. two. It's like the golden rule. Treat mm-hmm. others how you want to be treated. And people are running around kind of just – Forgetting that. And I don't know if if people have just kind of forgotten or maybe 
I don't know. Like it's you not see important. a lot of it in the media, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I confession. I I like reality TV. Like there was a time where I was like hardcore watching, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of New York and watching like all of this reality TV. And after a while, it's like I kind of had to stop watching most of it because, well, why was I entertained by it? Oh, because of the drama, right? People being mean to each other, people saying crazy outlandish things and me kind of laughing at it. But really, the truth of the matter is that, well, this is terrible behavior. Um, And I think it's very easy to absorb that behavior if you're watching it on TV. Well, and we know that they're trying to get viewers to sell advertising to make money. Yep. And that it's not real. Right. Right. So I I won't mention who, but I I do have a family member who was on a reality TV show. Really? And they would stop the camera and say, can you do that again? Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Right. So so if you want a lot of people to watch and you're going to do it again, it's going to be more emotional and more dramatic. Right. Than maybe the first time. Right. Or let us give you all this alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then say it, you know, mm-hmm. let, now let's record. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's hard <laughs> because we watch TV and we see people and it's real. And I think for young people, it's Absolutely. easy to think that that is reality. Right. And and that it's okay yeah. to treat people that way, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and it is in reality TV. Um, you know, I remember watching some shows and, you know, people have drinks. And mm-hmm. then next thing you know, drinks are thrown, wigs are coming off, <laughs> nails are coming off, shoes are being thrown. It's all types of craziness. Wow. But it, but you know what, though? I think what's interesting is that it's not just in reality TV. Well, because some people might think, oh, well, that's just trash TV. But if you look at the news mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff that's getting attention in the news, and I think the article you brought kind of mentioned uh, sound bites. Mm-hmm. That that's what gets attention. So the more outrageous things that you can say, mm-hmm. you're going to get that attention, right? right? So, and and people will see this on behavior, and it's not just random people on the street. We're seeing it with our leadership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this video on CBS News. It was posted, I think, in 2011. It was talking about you know civility in the workplace and how more and more people were becoming uncivil and there's bullying and et cetera. And how it was mentioned that a lot of that really starts with the leadership. And if the leadership is not modeling that behavior, then the employees or whoever is watching thinks, I don't need to model that behavior myself. It trickles down. It trickles down. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's an atmosphere. You know, it it's a vibe. It's the environment. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. so what do I say about that? Um, I'm shocked and I'm floored and people need to do better. Okay. Now. How do we get it done? And by this, uh, we mean, how do we become more civil? I say we go back to common courtesy. Mm -hmm. I think we need to go back to the simple basic rule of treat others as how you want to be treated. But I think simply just going back to saying, please, thank you, you're welcome, I'm sorry, acknowledging others who extend courtesy to you, Mm -hmm. being mindful of what you say and what you do and how it might impact others, just being more mindful, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it could be simple as saying thank you, right? Like I, I tell my students that I remember there was this practice where people would open doors for me and I wouldn't say thank you when I walked by. 
And I never noticed how rude that was till my husband one time said to me, he was like, oh, because when my husband opens the door for me, I always say thank you. But then when other people did it, I didn't say anything. And I remember one time we had this conversation and my husband was like, oh, he was like, I hate it when I open the door for people and they don't say thank you. And I looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm one of those people. Oh no. I was like, oh, I was like, is that rude? And he's like, yes, Tanisha, that's really rude if people hold the door. And I was like, I didn't even know. So now I always say thank you. I always Uh say thank you when someone opens the door. So sometimes it's just like acknowledging what people do for you. Don't be so caught up in yourself. Thinking about other people. Thinking about other people. I'm like, this person didn't have to hold the door open for me. Like, don't be so rude. So, uh, and and that that and that was also during a time and I also tell my students as well that it took me learning communication to realize how bad of a communicator I really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was great. And then I started learning over the years that I was really bad. Yeah. So I think learning more, knowing more, doing better, common courtesy, that's how we do better. Mm-hmm make mm-hmm. that effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the golden rule is is good. Yes. Uh, to practice. Just even to practice. If, even if I fail sometimes, and I do, uh, you know, to keep it in mind. And, Absolutely. And then also, I think that I'm going to be reviewing my syllabus statements just to, I might add a link to the, the um, credo. Oh, yeah. Just just because and maybe work some of that in there and maybe mm-hmm. uh, try to work in the word ethical a little right. bit right? to give the students something to think about. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Okay, what's on your radar, Tanisha? So it's the summer. Tanisha's still reading things. So I'm still working my way through Mastery by Robert Greene. Love it. It's amazing. You know I'm on this quest for Mastery. If you are on the quest for mastery, I highly recommend reading this book. Um, I'm working my way through it still. Uh, so, But I did finish Coraline. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. When I was reading through it, I was like, oh, there were there were little bitty young people who read this book. This book's a little scary, and I'm grown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are some creepy things in that book, but I loved it. Neil Gaiman is amazing. Mm-hmm. So the next thing on my on my list of things to do is to actually watch the movie. Finally, mm-hmm. it came out a long time ago, and I'm going to watch it. Um, so I was so excited by uh, Coraline. I started reading The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Oh, it's so interesting. It's uh, Are you familiar with The Graveyard Book? No. Oh, my goodness. So I guess the premise of it is that I, I think I could be wrong. I think it's inspired by The Jungle Book. Hmm. So there's this idea of like this this little kid, this baby who ends up strolling into a there's all this drama that happens at the house, ends up strolling into a graveyard and is raised by the people in the graveyard. Oh, like in the Jungle Book, the yeah. Jungle Book mostly was raised yeah. by animals. Yeah. So it, I think it was inspired by sure the Jungle Book. So I just started that and it's by the same author of Coraline, Neil Gaiman. Love him. Love his writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you a report on what I think about it when I'm done. Um, so that's my fun personal book. And then the professional book that I'm working on, another professional book I'm working on, is Robot Proof. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been talking about Robot Proof, which is talking about artificial intelligence and higher education. So I'm finally trying to get that read. 
awesome. I can't wait to talk about it with you. We would like to do an upcoming episode where we talk about that book. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully our listeners would be interested in that. Maybe, maybe you all could grab yourself a copy of that book and read it. Yes. And uh, know that we'll have an episode sometime, you know, in the next semester. Mm -hmm. And maybe you could join in with us and and write in the comments your thoughts yeah i would love to hear your thoughts on yeah. this book and yeah. what you think about it mm-hmm. uh you can also email us at two profs and a pod at gmail.com and share your thoughts with us and we might share them on air with our listeners that's great so if you have something you want to say about that book let us know and we'll we'll try to work you in absolutely Tanisha, I don't have anything on my radar except that you said Infinity Wars is out. And of course, yes. our our listeners may not hear this podcast immediately. It might it might go into the bucket and come out in a month or so. Yeah. So it, <laughs> Infinity Wars will have been out for much longer by then. Yes. But um, yeah. Still depressing. Yeah. But worth the journey. Love yeah. it. And so we, d- we also do want to do, uh, we just need to tell our listeners that Cheryl... You know Cheryl, our production manager. We love Cheryl. Has (laughs) lent us her computer today because the one we normally use is being repaired. We just want to tell our listeners that all her keys on the computer are little Star Wars stickers. And they are amazing. It's pretty. I am geeking out. It's so nerdy. (laughs) But it is pretty amazing. I wish you could see. Maybe. Oh. You know what? This will be our picture for this episode. Yes, yes. we're gonna sneak okay. in a picture. Okay, so you can see it. All right. What's our What's our nugget? So nugget, I said it earlier. It's so cheesy, but treat others how you want to be treated. It's an oldie but a goodie that we need to be reminded of. Awesome. Boom. All right. So I think that's it for today. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. Thanks for joining us today on Two Profs in a Pod. Join us on our next episode when we talk about difficult conversations.